You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Morning. Uh, Suze is a really good friend of ours, um, practically a member of the Lowe family. And... um, She's just wonderful. We've known each other for a long, long time, many, many years. We met at Trent Vineyard in Nottingham, which is where we were on staff together. Suze is still on staff there and also oversees DTI, the youth movement. Movement? Something like that. that, um, For the vineyard and oversees the team. And it's not just gatherings throughout the year. It's it's intentional investment in youth leaders and youth uh, throughout the year across the movement. So... um, so, yes, yeah, Susie's brilliant. You may be wondering why she's so tanned. It's because she's it's moved fake, to Cyprus fake tan. In, in seek of a better, sunnier life. No, she hasn't. She's been had a week in Cyprus. And I made a deal with her and said, right, well, if I p- I'll pick you up from the airport if you come and speak at Manchester Vineyard the following morning. And she agreed. So that's great. So um, why don't I just pray for you before we start? Yes. Oh, Father God, I just thank you for Suze. I thank you for her relationship with Jesus that she is a good friend of Jesus. God, I thank you that she lives and breathes relationship with you and living out her God-given purpose. And so, Lord, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in and through her, how you're going to speak to us through her this morning. Words of encouragement and nourishment and of challenge. And I pray, Lord, that we will be moved out of our seats to deeper relationship with you and into more action and more empowered living. Let's pray you bless her this morning. Amen. Thanks, mate. Amen. Hello. Great. Glad that you're responsive. Um, It's good to see you this morning, and um, it's always so good to be here. So, so good. Uh, As Steph said, love Paul and Steph, and I love this church. And actually, being here this morning, I feel quite emotional just seeing what God is doing amongst you and a sense of his spirit and his hand on you guys as a church. And um, I've spent quite a lot of time in Manchester during the pandemic. Is this needs to be louder? Okay. Yeah, I spent quite a lot of time in Manchester during the pandemic because I live on my own, and I formed a bubble with these guys because it was a great situation. So we were in a bubble, and I came up, and I saw the progress of what was going on at 422, and it's outstanding what's going on there. To see that building from what was, I don't know whether it's rude, but a wreck, to now, to see, like last night we were looking at the videos of the drumming workshops and all the stuff going on in there is absolutely incredible. So well done to you guys for remembering the poor, for being having a heart for the community, the community of Manchester, and I'm expecting for what God's going to do through that place. Um, sounds like a funny thing to say, and as Steph said, I have been away in Cyprus, but I was flying in last night, and uh, it was coming through fog, and suddenly the fog disappeared, And uh, you could see lights right across the city of Manchester. And I found myself just praying for you guys, looking out the window, trying to sort of look out. You know, it's kind of cramped on those planes. But looking out and praying. As I was praying, I had such a sense of anticipation. I could see all these lights and thinking, my goodness, Manchester is bigger than I thought it was. And uh, it's massive, isn't it? And thinking, how could these guys reach a city, reach a, a place? And I just felt God say, he can do way more. In the kingdom, it's about multiplication. It's about multiplication, and he can do great things for you guys. And I felt so excited. And then, honestly, out of the um, window pops a, a firework, this firework going off. And I just prayed for you guys that, that you would see almost like fireworks of the Spirit of God right across this city. So 
I'd love to pray for you before, we, before I start. Is that all right? Wonderful. Well, God, I thank you so much for this faithful, obedient church who love you, who serve you, who have such a heart for your community. And Lord, I pray that they would see you do more in these days than they've ever seen before. Spirit of God, would you fall afresh this morning? Amen. 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 (laughs) Well, I'm expecting for this morning, I don't know whether you woke up this morning expecting, but I did. The title of this talk is In His Presence, dot, dot, dot. In His Presence, dot, dot, dot. I don't know if we've got any English kind of experts amongst us, but I learned that a dot, dot, dot is actually called an ellipsis. Does anyone know that? Oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> You're clearly cleverer than I am. I'm kind of a simple kind of person. For me, the dot, dot, dot will help. But if you want to take the ellipsis, that's fine. You can learn that this morning. But we're going to figure out what comes after those dot, dot, dots. In his presence, dot, dot, dot. As these guys said, um, I'm based in Nottingham where I'm a pastor at Trent. And I also head up DTI, which is a youth, a youth movement. We see young people from all across the nation. I love that whoop. And um, back in August, right, after this craziest kind of pandemic season, we actually managed to meet 1,500, 1500 of, us, of us met across two weeks in Nottingham. And it was the craziest journey to get there. I'm sure you can imagine it. It was like, are the restrictions going to lift? Are they not going to lift? And the head of the National Youth Agency said to us, do not plan a youth festival this summer. I actually said those words to one of my colleagues. And we thought, well, okay, we take your advice and believe for something more. And uh, two weeks before we were due to meet, we, all the restrictions lifted and we were able to meet. And it was absolutely amazing. It was amazing. You might think, why do we keep going, pushing, pushing, pushing in a pandemic when we could have just cancelled it? Well, young people have had such a hard time. Some of you guys, if you're young people in this room, it's been hard, right? It's been hard for us as grown-ups. It's been harder for those guys at such a key age. And we knew that for their spiritual, mental, physical health, meeting together would be important. So we were pumped that we got to meet. And the Bible verse that God impressed on our hearts all the way through, all the way through the journey was this one. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Everybody says? Great, we're still awake. Okay, but we saw God do immeasurably more as we met together. And the phrase that's kind of been... I guess like buzzing around my mind for the last few months since that happened is here's to the God of the impossible who made it possible because it was miraculous on so many different levels. You know, COVID just didn't cause the chaos that it could have done. The weather was glorious. But more than that, we saw hundreds and hundreds of young people encounter God's presence in such a stunning way. And um, without a doubt, the highlight of my year was reading through 350 stories that we had sent in and I was just crying my eyes out but one of the things I noticed time and time again was in his presence things change that's the first dot 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 in his presence things change because young people's lives they were totally turned around as we welcomed the Holy Spirit as we did our best to sort of get out of the way and so this morning what we're going to do is I'm going to share a whole bunch of stories from DTI not for you to sort of stand back and think 
Well, that's whoa, DTI was just amazing, which it was. But what happens when we share stories, when we share God's stories, is it encourages us, it raises our faith, and it helps create this sense of expectation for for what God wants to do. So to whet your appetite, here's one. Before DTI, this is the word straight from a young person, I was hopeless and I hated everything about myself. What a place to be, hey? After DTI, so after being in God's presence, I feel redeemed, free, and loved by God. That young person experienced a paradigm shift. In God's presence, things change. So if you go away with one thing other than the ellipsis information, it's this. In his presence, things change. And so today I want to encourage us, like, despite all the chaos going on around us, the last 18 months, it has felt chaotic. Anybody felt, you know, it's been a bit chaotic, yeah? But wherever you're at, wherever you're at with your faith, however you're feeling this morning, however chaotic your life might feel, God is still at work and his presence is changing lives. And some of you might be like, "Mm, yeah, I know that stuff. But you know what? Seeing what God did this summer has, it's kind of ignited this thing in me. It's stirred my faith in a way, not just with what he might want to do with a generation of young people, but what does he want to do in my life? And what does he want to do here in Manchester Vineyard? What does he want to do in your life in this season? Because as I said earlier, I'm convinced Honestly convinced that there's more for you. He honestly is the God of the impossible. And I believe he wants to move in power amongst you, Manchester Vineyard. And my prayer is that you become not just sort of dipping your toes into his presence, but hungry, hungry and desperate for intimacy with him. Because his presence is here and in his presence things change. And this idea of God's presence changing is... It's not like a new 2021 thing. So, I mean, maybe if you thought it was, it's not. It's old school. You see God's presence in creation, hovering over the waters. You see his presence right throughout the Old Testament, leading and empowering the prophets to do extraordinary things. And if you read it, you'll see God's spirit. What happens is it's poured out on specific people, specific purposes, and specific circumstances. It's specific Moses himself even said this, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. But it was only hundreds of years later when Jesus came that God's presence came to be with them in a new way. Jesus, the embodiment of God's presence, healing the sick, freeing the oppressed, bringing life, raising dead, raising the dead, sorry. He taught godly wisdom like nobody else ever had. And it's not until Pentecost happens, after Jesus' death and his resurrection, and he returns to heaven, that finally Moses' hope is fulfilled. And the Holy Spirit is poured out on all the believers. And you can read about it in Acts chapter 2. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. But I especially love verse 4, because it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't say the city supporters or the United supporters or dare I even say, the Liverpool supporters. It says all of them 
God's presence is for everyone, regardless of experience. If you're here first thing this morning, God's presence is for you. It's regardless of age. If you're the youngest person in this room or the oldest person in this room, God's presence is for you. Regardless of gender or race or ethnicity, when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. It's a done deal. That's what the young people at DTI were experiencing. One of them said this. I love it in their own words. So funny. I met Jesus and immediately the Holy Spirit filled up inside of me and my social anxiety was completely gone. God saved me. What a story. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. Paul puts it like this in Ephesians. He says, and you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So God's spirit dwells within us. And if you read this book, if you read the book of Acts, my goodness, it's all kicking off in there. It's absolutely fantastic. It all, you, can, you just see like miracle after miracle after miracle. God's people, they're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and amazing things happen because in God's presence, things change. Yeah. And so you might be thinking, yeah, I get the point. You've said it enough. In his presence, God changes. But, w- but, but what changes? What changes? Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to zoom in on this book, which I can't find. I think it's been ripped out of my Bible overnight. Here we go. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Here we go. Yeah, so, it's, so what, do you guys know that song? No. There's a song on YouTube. You can learn the books of the Bible. And it goes, Genesis, Exodus. I'm not going to sing all of it. But it's really actually helpful if you want to learn it, because then you'll know where they come in order. That's just a bonus for free. Never go off script. Okay. So the first thing, as you go through the book of Acts, in his presence, there is healing. Okay, God's presence can bring healing. And Acts is literally, it's like jumbo packed with healing stories. Check this one out. We're going to head to Acts 28. And um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's shipwrecked. Okay, and he's somewhere sort of off the coast of Malta. And the guy they end up being helped by is, is one of the officials of the island. This guy called Publius. And his father happened to be in bed with fever and dysentery. Now, I haven't had fever or dysentery. But I do think I know a little bit how he feels because the other week I got food poisoning. And guys, without the details, it was not pretty. It was horrendous. But anyway, Paul prays for this guy. Steph got the details. Paul prays for this guy. Too much in information overshare. And he was healed. And, and, And the news gets out and Luke writes, when this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and they were cured. Amazing. In his presence, there's healing. And uh, we've seen this happen at DTI before, but this summer there was a young lady there who had, during the pandemic, had, had slipped into a really difficult season. And as part of that, she'd ended up self-harming. And, um, you know, she'd been in a really bad place. And this one day during worship, in her mind's eye as she was worshipping, she had a picture of her arms being totally scar-free. And she thought, I wonder if I check, like, is that my imagination? I wonder if I check my arms and the scars are completely gone. And um, I'm one of these people, I love a good story, but I only love it if it's real. Because, you know, if it's not, if it's not God, then we're not interested. But if it is, flipping heck, that's an amazing story. So I find out who it is, I ring her dad and I say, is this story legit? And he bursts into tears and he says, this story is absolutely true. What an amazing story. We saw 
healed muscle problems and eye infections, ankles, headaches. I remember one night this girl came up to me and she had tears streaming down her face. And she was doing this thing where she was laughing, crying. Ever been in that state? It's funny, isn't it? And I was like, is everything okay? She said, yeah, I've been healed. My knees have been healed. And basically she'd had bad knee pain for ages. She, she'd been in pain. She was a gymnast. She'd seen doctors who said it's going to take years to heal. She knew, and one of the ways she could test the healing is she could never cross her legs. And she was like showing me, she's like sitting up and down, crossing her legs. She's like, there's absolutely no pain. Her friends prayed for her and she was healed. In his presence, there's healing. And I don't know about you, but maybe some of you here today or, hey guys, to you guys watching online, I totally forgot at the beginning. If you're watching bacon, if you're eating bacon, let me draw you back in. But you might be sat at home and um, you're in need of physical healing. You might be sat here today and you're in need of emotional healing. And I want to encourage us. Let's be a people who are bold, who press into healing, who ask over and over again, because we might just see God's kingdom break through. We might just. And whenever you talk about the subject of healing, it's, it's challenging, isn't it? It's super challenging, because sometimes we see God heal instantly, sometimes we don't see it, and we can't belittle the pain of losing a loved one of journeying with somebody through an extremely challenging time. We have to be a church who, who is compassionate and kind and who mourns and grieves with those who are hurting. But at the same time, let's be a church that presses in and keeps praying and keeps asking. We live, some people say, between the miracle and the mystery. Let's be a church that keeps asking. Okay, number one, so number first one was in his presence, this healing. Secondly, in his presence, there's salvation. So picture this scene, right? We're in Acts 10 by now. And uh, Peter is, 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 is led by God to the house of Cornelius. Anybody call Cornelius here? That would be cool, wouldn't it, if they were? But um, at this point, so all, all, the, all the followers, um, they're Jewish. And there's this big divide, right, between the Jewish Christians and the Gentiles. They're the people who aren't Jews. And Cornelius he was a Gentile, but yet God led Peter there. And I love it because whilst Peter is sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit falls on Cornelius and all the Gentiles. And Peter sees it and he recognizes, he's like, he doesn't say exactly this, but he's like, I think this is God. I know this is God. And he says, nothing should prevent these guys from getting baptized. Meaning they've embraced Jesus and they should be welcomed into the church. And so when Peter then goes back and he reports his story to the other Jewish Christians, he says this, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. God's spirit fell and the Gentiles were saved. In his presence, there's salvation. You know, I love that story. This summer we saw, I don't know, about 80 young people come to know Jesus for the first time. We invited them up to the front and we prayed with them. And one young person described it like this. I gave my life to Jesus on the 1st of August. I prayed for my burdens to be taken, the ones that had weighed me down for so long. I asked the Holy Spirit to come in power, and I felt electric. I was saved in a way so strong, I can't even put it into words. Without Jesus, I don't think I'd be here. Or this one. At DTI, I gave my life to Jesus for the first time after in my room at the university, I heard God's voice for the first time. He simply said, I love you. Sounds like God to me. In his presence, there's salvation. 
And guys, here at Manchester Vineyard, his presence is here. And you will see, you've already seen, but I believe you will see an increasing measure of salvation. Not just here on Sundays, but as you meet in small groups, as you gather at 422, as you gather in the ministry areas, in your places of work, wherever you are, his presence goes with you. And I want to encourage you to be expectant, to be expectant and to allow an invitation for people to come to know him. In his presence, there's healing, there's salvation, there's also freedom. Who knows the song, where the spirit of the Lord is? I've actually forgot the tune. Yeah, there is freedom. <laughs> it always goes wrong when you start singing it. But that's, it's taken straight out of the scriptures. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. And if we jump back into Acts, we're into chapter 16 now. Paul is traveling around and he ends up in this place called Philippi. And he's telling all the people about Jesus. And he's there with his mate who's called Silas. And this slave girl, she's kind of possessed by a demon. She, they, she starts following them around. And her owners, they're making loads of money through her fortune telling. But she's following them around. And to be honest, being quite a distraction and quite disruptive. And Paul just gets proper annoyed with it. He gets so annoyed that he actually ends up, ends up casting the demon out in the name of Jesus. And um, this woman is just instantly set free. But for Paul and Silas, it goes a little bit pear-shaped because they actually end up in prison. We're going to come back to that in a moment. But in his presence, there's freedom. Here's a couple of stories from the summer. I have such a sense of freedom. I feel free from fear. And I want every opportunity to tell others about Jesus. Or this one. I had a moment in worship where I felt God inviting me to surrender everything. My fears, my worries, my insecurities, my future, everything to him. I said yes in that moment. And I felt such enormous freedom, such peace. I had a taste of life and heaven right there. Some of you here in this room, watching online, need to experience freedom. I don't know what it is that you're trapped in, but you do and God does. And I want to encourage you today when we pray in a moment, whatever it is that you feel trapped in or by, there's no shame at the cross you can come to him and experience freedom there's freedom that can be found only in him we'd love to pray for you in his presence there's joy we better find out what happened to Paul and Silas because they're currently in prison they're all chained up and if I was in prison I would definitely be crying my eyes out I don't think I'd handle it very well but these guys they were worshipping God no, of course they were. That's just the kind of thing Paul did. But as, as they worship, so they're worshipping, it all kicks off. There's like this earthquake. And a su- it's a supernatural earthquake. The, the prison doors just fling open. The chains fly off. And the prison guard is just like, oh no. He actually is in such a bad way that he thinks about taking his own life. Because he thinks he's going to get blamed for all the prisoners who are just able to escape. But Paul stops him and he said, you know, I don't know how he said it, but he's like, everyone's still here. So the guard sees what happens, gives his life to Jesus. That's why I say you've got to read Acts. It's amazing stories in there. He gives his life to Jesus and Luke writes this. He was filled with joy because he'd become to believe in God. He and his whole household. In his presence, there's joy. Check out this story. After a tough year where I've struggled to stay motivated, Anybody felt like that? 
I haven't always felt very close to God. I feel like he's done a reset in my heart over the last few days. I've been struggling with depression. And I felt like I was on autopilot, just trying to get through the day. But God has filled me with a new joy and a fresh reminder of his love for me. Another young person puts it like this. She just says, I needed to experience forgiveness. So she goes up and she gets somebody to pray for her. And she says, the spirit took over and she just started laughing. It's never happened to me before. I've never felt his presence and joy so much that laughter was bubbling out of me uncontrollably. I've seen this happen in church and on TV. Love that she's watching that. But I never thought I'd experience it myself. I just didn't want to leave. I wanted to dance and praise God forever because I felt so light. Massive weights lifted off me and I feel free. What a story. And some of us here today, again, we need to experience a fresh dose of joy. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. He says, joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is a serious business of heaven. And I'm not talking here about a superficial happiness. You know, like I experienced last week when I was lying on the beach and the sun was just tanning my face. It was glorious, but it's superficial, right? I'm talking about a joy that transcends all of that. A joy that can be found in the middle of the stresses, the strain and the struggle. And I think that's good news because life at times is pretty hard, isn't it? You know, in Nottingham, we'd say, it's Bob. Do you say that here? Yeah, you do. Steph does anyway. Well, well, there's two of us. Maybe we just made it up ourselves. It's Bob. You can adopt it. It's Bob. It basically just means it's rubbish. It's hard. And um, just sharing super briefly for me, the last 18 months, I found it really challenging. You know, at times it's been great. But at times, it's actually been hard beyond words. And many of you in this room will have experienced way harder things than I have. But for me, just working from home, learning how to lead with all the uncertainty, the isolation, friends of mine not being local, one of them moving, you know, 10 hours away. I had to dig deep. And don't get me wrong, there were a lot of tears. And these guys can vouch for that. But honestly, there were some days where I felt like I had nowhere else to go. I had nowhere else to go. There was this one day where um, the curtain pole fell down in my dining room. And I just sat on my sofa, looked up and thought, great. Now the curtain pole's even fallen down. And it was a small thing, but it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I found myself in that moment being like, there's nobody here. There is literally nobody here. But you are, Lord. And I found this joy kind of, and resilience kind of rising up in me that I'd never experienced before. And just the other week, there's a situation going on um, in my family. And because this is online, I want to keep it really tight. And I can't fix it. I can't solve it. It's really hard. And I started listening to this song. And it just goes like this. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And it goes round and round and round. And I was watching it from Vineyard Anaheim. And they honestly sang it for 10 minutes, the same line. So sometimes you think this morning we repeat. This was repeating, honestly. But I found as I was singing, you've turned my morning into dancing. My morning into dancing. I found this joy that surpasses the situation or the circumstance. And you know what about joy? It's infectious. Joy is infectious. And we've heard a lot this year about an infectious disease called COVID. 
I wonder if it's time for an infection of joy to spread out. You know? City of Manchester, what do they need to hear at the moment? That there is a joy that can be found in the midst of the trial and, and, the, and the struggle. There's a joy that can be found and it's only found in him. Not found in shopping or holidays or all this other stuff. It's found in him. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Okay, we're coming into land pretty much. In his presence there's peace. Peace along with joy, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And time and time again in the summer, we saw God's presence filling young people with peace. You know, on the first night, myself and my mate Zika, we'd done a talk. And afterwards, this young person came up to me, who I know. And she said, I need to talk to you. And I was like, I mean, it wasn't quite as aggressive as that. But she's like, I need to talk to you. And so we stopped and Zeke and I stood and listened to her. And this young person... Um, I kind of journeyed with, so I know her. And she said, she's this kind of young person who comes along to church. Some of you guys in this room might feel like that. You come along because of the community. And that's not a bad reason to come along. And I'd say, where are you at with your faith? And she'd be like, oh, I'm nowhere, but I just love coming. I was like, brilliant, we'll just keep coming, keep coming. We'll keep talking about Jesus, and you keep coming. Anyway, she says to me, tonight during the worship, I felt like liquid love shooting through my veins five years ago something happened and she told me what happened and it was horrible and she said ever since that moment I've never felt peace I've never known peace but tonight as I heard about Jesus as we sang about him in worship I felt a peace for the first time in five years and I said to her I was a bit taken back obviously I said to her where does that leave you with Jesus? And she said, I'm in. I'm in. He's real. He loves me and I need to follow him. And um, the coolest thing about that story, well, not the coolest thing, but was hearing her mum. We had like a leaders meeting and just sharing stories from the summer. And her mum stood up and shared the story. And her mum, knowing what she'd been through and walked with her, and knowing that the freedom and a peace that Jesus can bring, it was beautiful. Another young person talked about losing their mum to cancer during the pandemic. I mean, that's just hideous. They felt lost and lonely, and they came to DTI. They said, begging God to show her that he was there and hope. And they encountered God's presence, and they were right. On the last night of DTI, I felt peace as we worshipped a beautiful story you know in the midst of the pain and the sadness there's peace some of your hearts today are anxious and worried and stressed there's a peace available in his presence things change there's peace you know Jesus is kinder than I ever thought he was kind of discovered that over the last couple of years I feel more in love with him than ever before he's so good he's so good in his presence things change there's healing there's salvation there's freedom there's joy there's peace you see it smattered through the book please read it if you've never read Acts before please read it we saw it in the summer and we can see it here this morning we can see it as you gather in all different ways and 
You know the stories I've shared this morning? They're all from teenagers. And some of you will love teenagers. Some of you are terrified of them. And some of you, quite frankly, find them challenging. (laughs) Guys in the room, I love you. It's all right. But you might think they're sweet stories. Perhaps these guys just got like a little bit carried away in the moment. And as adults, sometimes we can make the mistake of thinking, we're the ones that get it. We're the ones that understand how the kingdom of God works. But Jesus says, it's the opposite. He says, the kingdom belongs to these guys. They understand God's freedom and salvation, healing, joy and peace with a clarity and a simplicity that sometimes, if we're honest as adults, we lack. We can complicate it. And so these guys, after 18 months of restrictions, their lives being flipped upside down, many of them experiencing anxiety like I've never seen before. They came this summer and they were desperate. They'd realized And this was a great breakthrough. These things don't cut it. They don't cut it. It's not enough. It's not enough. You can't find peace on social media. You can't find peace on WhatsApp all day. They realized that there was a peace to be found that can only be found in Jesus. And so they came. They just came with their stuff, literally with their belongings, but with all their stuff. You know, their insecurities. Their their anxieties, their fears, the things they were stressed about. And what happened as we met is that God showed up in the most stunning of way. That I will look back on this summer and always think, only God, only God. And I think we've got a lot to learn from them. And so I think as, as we pray, I think the simple invitation today is will you come? Will you come as a child with your stuff before your heavenly father because he's here and in his presence things change. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.